The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. This energy feature is proudly brought to you by the Central Energy Fund, securing energy solutions to power all. We continue with our interview series in partnership with the Central Energy Fund. And of course, we've been hosting various stakeholders in the energy sector, unpacking particular issues to provide insight into what South Africa collectively needs to do to ensure power security for all. This morning, we'll be focusing on the South African Renewable Energy Master Plan. To explain it all, we're joined by Gaylo montmasson Clare, a senior economist and facilitator of the South African Renewable Energy Master Plan. Gaylo, good morning to you. Thanks for your time this morning. Good morning, Cathy, and uh, thank you for having me. Firstly, what is the Renewable Energy Master Plan? So the Renewable Energy Master Plan, or SAREM for, for short, as we as we call it, um, is one of the key master plans that are being developed in the country to support the development of local industries. And it's, as the name suggests, focused on renewable energy as well as uh, battery technologies. And the goal is really to support the development of local industries to build and supply you know, the solar uh, technologies, the wind technologies, the batteries. So in a nutshell, it's saying as we go as a country and roll out renewable energy and battery technologies in the country, we need specific interventions to make sure that this is done while supporting local industries and local jobs rather than just imports. And that is really what the master plan is about. We have seen often what is lamented as a slow take-up of renewable energy in the country, but let's perhaps speak about the history of, of South Africa and renewables. Well, when, what were some of the, the early applications of uh, renewable and battery technologies in the country? We've really seen an interesting journey. Uh, um, early on, we, we saw you know, niche applications in, in, in the country and a lot of pilot projects being rolled out, particularly with uh, the electrification of remote communities, also, of course, backup for, for instance, telecommunication towers, for instance, uh, and that was, you know, started to to give a bit of a um, a flavor of what could be done. And then, you know, things really accelerated uh, from about uh, 2011, with the start of the government-led renewable energy independent power procurement. Uh, sorry, power procurement program, um, which really focused on large-scale renewable energy. And that really kick-started our market from 2011 uh, and, of course, led us to to uh, some really important developments. And now, particularly over the last you know, couple of years, we've seen exponential growth of renewable energy. Uh, and we can harness that to, to build industries and create jobs and, of course, uh, address our energy security concerns, and that's where really the opportunities uh, lie. 
often the conversation around renewable energies is had in um, you know the framework of opportunity, right? That you know, if if we're to really get on track and stay the course, we could create a lot of jobs and ensure that we're also um, we're producing technologies that are more climate friendly. But it, it hasn't been without its its own challenges. What do you think? You know, the, the, some of the difficulties around the acceptance of of renewable energy is. I think we've we've obviously uh, conflated a lot of different issues in the in, in the country, and we are historically an energy system that is based on coal-fired power plants, and you know, I think we tend to oppose the technologies against each other often, and I think that is that is misguided on many levels. Um, what what we see is that no, you know, renewable energy technologies are the most cost-effective ways of producing electricity, and on top of that, of course, they do that um, in in a clean way, and, and they can create many jobs. But we shouldn't oppose, you know, technologies per se. Um, as we move away from a, 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 an energy system that's based on coal, we need to address. Um, you know the the employment challenges for the people who rely on 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 that industry, and uh, we need to you know support the communities to transform and, and make sure that we have a just transition in the coal value chain. That's really important, um, but it shouldn't detract us from the energy transition itself, which is really about rolling out new capacity. And, uh, and and that is going to be in renewable energy and battery storage technology primarily. So so I think we, we tend to conflict to an energy transition, which is a technology, effectively, technology shift, like it happened before, with a bigger transition that is around the economic implication in the cold value chain. And, you know, the two are different. They are obviously linked a little bit. But they are different, and I think that has been one of the main challenges that we face: is that we conflate the two, but we need two different responses: one to accelerate renewable energy, and one to deal with the implications as we transition away from coal. I want to unpack, um, you know, the aspect of of an energy transition, in as far as it relates to technologies, because I think you know part of the reason why change becomes hard to to comprehend or even deal with as as inevitable as it is is that it's hard for people to imagine what will be when you know, if if we're not actively being helped to to build at least in our imaginations mm. what this technology is and what then it can do for us going into the future. Um, individuals like yourselves are, are experts in your field. You're exposed to this all the time. Um, but, you know, I, I think even as a journalist, just the opportunity of uh, going to a plant and seeing the differences in the various technologies, it's quite enlightening. It's eye-opening. And you get to see, oh, okay, this is actually what this means. So, um, you 
help us understand when we talk about this energy transition, which are parts of the world that are leading in this energy transition? What does that practically meant in terms of the way they do things and, and how different life is and, and the efficiencies that that has brought mm. on board? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is important to put into context that this is really a global you know, a global transition that's underway. Um, there's a shift now in technologies, you know, the same way um, you know, it's happening in many sectors where there's new technologies coming in. And, and you know, we see that now in the renewable energy um, or in the energy sector with renewable energy technologies coming, coming forward. And that's really enabling... You know the system to be a lot more efficient because uh, it's not going to be a lot more decentralized, a lot more localized, if you want. Uh, it's going to enable each and everyone, effectively, to generate their own power, you know, and so to have rooftop systems, for instance, uh, but also you know provide that power back into the municipality or into the grid. So that makes the system a lot more a lot more local. Um, of course, the challenge here is that there is a, a, a price to pay to access the technology, and we need to make sure that you know uh, everyone has access to this, uh, not just those that have the means to do that. And that is a challenge that we have to address as a as a country. Um, it's also, of course, decarbonizing the energy supply, making it a lot cleaner, reducing impacts in terms of air pollution. Reducing health impacts. You know, people we live in and around the communities uh, which host our coal-fired power plants, particularly in Mpumalanga, you know, suffer the costs, the health costs of powering the country, and that's really an important consideration as we move away to make that system a lot cleaner. Um, but it's also going to make it over time a lot more affordable. We've seen quite a lot of price increases. We all feel it every month and every year as the price increases because we have to pay for new expensive you know, uh, cold-fire power plants as well as the maintenance of our old plants. Renewable energy technologies are much cheaper over the lifetime of, uh, of a plant. And so we're going to see as well electricity be more affordable. So that is all really happening, you know, uh, and you know, the challenge, of course, is to make sure that this is an inclusive transition and that we bring everyone. And right now, we have a bit of a challenge because we're seeing those who can afford, you know, businesses, households can afford it, going ahead and, and implementing those technologies while the rest of the country um, is, is left behind, and that is that is a challenge. And how we make those technologies accessible for all, either directly for for themselves, uh, and then they can feed back into the grid, or indirectly, of course, through ESCOM, directly and uh, through ESCOM, and then municipalities that they can invest in those technologies into the grid, and that we share the benefits for everyone. Let's talk about battery technologies because that's really that really seems to be 
sort of where the next <laughs> minefield is. You even have mining companies that, you know, some are invest- investing aggressively in companies that are developing batteries or in, you know, battery technology themselves. What is battery technology? Well, I mean, of course, battery technologies uh, are, are varied, um, but the primary technology for energy storage at the moment uh, is uh, is lithium-ion batteries, and that is what is being used effectively primarily for, for energy storage, also in electric vehicles, for instance. And it is a big opportunity for, for South Africa. Um, because we've seen over the last year particularly an exponential growth in the imports of those batteries into the country. And we have great capabilities in actually manufacturing those batteries in the country. We have quite a vibrant ecosystem of companies that have developed expertise and are assembling batteries locally. And, and I think you know that is really important that we nurture that and we expand it so that we really build more, uh, particularly the core component of a battery is what we call a cell, and that we don't make. Uh, we generally import that from, from China, uh, and that is the heart of the battery. And so we need to see if we can develop these capabilities and you know capture more of the jobs and the investments domestically. But there are also other technologies that we need to look at. One where we have potential great opportunity is vanadium-based batteries. Um, We have great capabilities because we have a lot of vanadium in South Africa. And vanadium-based batteries are really good for long-term, long-duration storage. Um, Not just a few hours, but actually, you know, four, eight, 12 hours storage. large-scale batteries and that is something that hasn't been developed in South Africa but is you know very well advanced in, in other countries such as in China and so we need to look across technologies there's also other technologies of course being developed where it makes sense for us to roll those technologies out and importantly develop the capabilities to build those industries because this is really in manufacturing as well as in the operation and the maintenance, that we see the jobs. You know, that's really where we can create a lot of jobs and a lot of investment. And so we have great capabilities, certainly in lithium ion batteries and in vanadium-based batteries, to develop that and maximize effectively the benefits that we see, rather than just leading to an import of those technologies into the country. We'll continue the conversation with Gaylo Montmasson-Claire, who's a senior economist and facilitator of the South African Renewable Energy Master Plan. We continue our conversation in partnership with the Central Energy Fund this morning. Uh, we're focusing on South Africa's Renewable Energy Master Plan with senior economist Gaylo Montmasson at Clare. So, Gaylo, what then are the four key areas that you're focusing on under SAREM? So, SAREM, the Renewable Energy Master Plan, is uh, really focused on driving you know, the inclusive industrial development uh, of renewable energy and, and battery storage value chain in the country. And as you point out, we have four key areas. 
First, it's about driving demand. Now, if we want to build industries, we need as much demand for renewable energy and battery storage as possible. And so we need to address everything that is currently you know, slowing down the rollout of renewable energy. And so the things like the market and the physical infrastructure, particularly the grid, you know, the wires, but also widening effectively access. As, uh, as I've mentioned, you know, we've seen exponential growth in the market, but it's still limited to a very small part of the country and, and society. So it's really important, and there's a lot of things that we're trying to do to unlock that demand. Then, on the other side, the second area is around skills and technology readiness. You know, if we want to build industries, we need skilled people, we need to have access to the right technologies, to be able to adopt those uh, and, and localize them. So building the capabilities in the country, setting the right training programs, the right qualifications, you know, getting our entrepreneurs uh, ready and our innovators ready to localize the technologies so that, again, you know, we don't just import all those technologies, but we are able to localize them as much as possible. So that's the market on the one end and then skills on the other. And then at the center, we have interventions to drive industrial development. That's really the core of the master plan. It's really about driving the right industrial policy and trade policy to really support our industrialists and our you know, manufacturers to set up shop here or expand their operations here. So it's looking at the policy framework, things like you know, incentives, things that uh, public procurements in support of local industries, things like our trade agreements, things like tariffs, to make sure that support our industries and you know we provide the best environment that we can um, to to set up shop and manufacture products here. And then the fourth area, which is the second core aspect of the of the plan, is around inclusive development. I've mentioned it multiple times, we need to make sure that as we build the industry, it is an inclusive one, it is a transformed one, it benefits you know, new entrants, emerging suppliers, it, it benefits you know, new entrepreneurs, it benefits all. And so we are also being quite intentional when it comes to making sure that as we build this industry and we develop it, you know, and we manufacture more panels, turbines, inverters, batteries, cables, you name it, everything that goes into renewable energy, then it benefits you know, really uh, everyone in, in, in the country. And so these are the four key areas, demand, the skills and the technology, and then at the core, industrial development and inclusive development that we are promoting through the Renewable Energy Master Plan. For members of the public who would like to contribute to um, the master plan or even want to learn more about it, uh, is there a central place you can refer them to, Gaylo? Yeah, so I mean, we've, we've really uh, had an exciting, you know, exciting time for the master plan development. Um, the, the draft uh, master plan was a published a couple of months ago uh, for public comment and uh, we've received really a great uh, a great deal of contributions and that's been really um, 
really insightful. We also went around the country in a number of places to, to get further inputs. Uh, document is available online uh, on the on the website of the Department of Mineral Resources and, and Energy. Um, so that is accessible. Uh, it's uh, dmr.gov.za. Uh, and we really encourage people to, to pick it up. Uh, we are currently uh, addressing the comments and finalizing you know, the, 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 the version that will then be taken forward. Um, but I think we're really you know, trying to involve as many people as possible into the process. And, uh, and certainly it's, it's open. You know, it's going to be a living document going forward. Um, as I always say, you know, developing the plan uh, effectively, it's just a it's just a ticket to the game. Uh, it's an important step. We need that ticket. We need to be able to say we've got a plan, but then we have to implement it. We have to play the game, and so you know that's going to be driving us going forward. And we welcome All everyone right. to reach out. Mm. All right. And contribute. Thanks for that contribution, Gelo Montmasson Claire. And that's where we leave it with this segment of the Central Energy Fund uh, looking at South Africa's future secure energy security. This energy feature was proudly brought to you by the Central Energy Fund, securing energy solutions to power all.